You're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature. Better late than never. That was a long time coming. You know, to really about what we're you know saying and what we're trying to spread awareness about, then you know, we have to be about it. So those guys are you know chosen to to make a stand. It's it's uh, kind of similar to when uh, Ali decided not to go into the draft. And you know, they took his boxing license away, and he, you know, he's away from the sport for three years. You know, that's in Cleveland. It, it means a whole lot to us, and what we can do, how we're how we're going to move forward. You know, what's the what's the plan for today? How are we how are we going to get better? You know, do we want to practice today? And you know, you know what are, what are we going to do today to to make this dialogue continue and make change? You know, you know increase its rate of uh, change. Now. Here's your host, my dad, Thelonious7. My dogs by nature family, I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonious7, and you're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. Week 10, Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans come to the shores of Lake Erie to battle your Cleveland Browns. To help us get a preseason look at the opposition's position, we're joined by Branson Thomas of the Back Row Texans podcast. Hello, and thanks for having me on the show today. Uh, my name is Branson Thomas. I'm the host of the Back Row Texans show podcast, where we're talking, you know, all things Houston Texans football on and off the field. Um, you know, reach out to me. I like to be interactive with with my my followers and. Instagram, Twitter, you can both are at BackRowTexans. So reach out if you have any questions, want to talk football or, you know, like this. I'd love to talk about opponents and how I see the games coming up. But, you know, it's all fun and got to have some competitiveness in you. Oh, yeah, we're definitely a competitive lot here. Cleveland leads the league in terms of the size of the chip on its shoulder. Well, Let's get into the questions. First, I wanted to wish our best to all of those dealing with Hurricane Laura throughout Texas and across the heartland. How is this organization dealing with the chaos of recent days? Thank you very much for that. Um, you know, Hurricane Laura came and was extremely destructive. Uh, it actually stayed east of Houston um, in the surrounding area for the most part. Uh, yes, the rain and some wind. But most of the damage was, you know, the Beaumont, Louisiana area. And, you know, our heart goes out to them, hopefully, that people were smart and got out of the way. And if they didn't, hopefully they stayed safe. Um, And hopefully, you know, the damage, there is going to be damage, you know. There's nothing you can do about that. But hopefully it's it's minimal. It's not as bad as they were predicting. Um, And as for the Texans, you know, helping out as an organization... I think it's a lot harder nowadays because of COVID uh, to actually get out with the people and help clean up. Um, So I, I don't see that happening as much as it did with like previous hurricanes, but financially I will bet you anything. They will be there helping the McNairs will be donating money for sure. The players will reach out in you know, kind of like J.J. Watt did with Hurricane Harvey, you know, start looking for donations and raising money, you know, just helping out any way they can. 
Bro, please be safe out there. Our hearts and thoughts are with the people of the region, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that the Texans are also involved in giving back. Getting back to football. <laughs> we here in Cleveland have done a lot of dealing with the Texans, going back to our buddy Brock Osweiler. How do you feel you've come out in these changes overall? And are you confident in the direction of the new front office? Yeah, the relationship between Houston and Cleveland has has been beneficial for both, in my opinion. You know, you said we we dumped Osweiler and his terrible contract uh, to you guys for a second round pick. Um, I think we got a fourth round pick back, which we used on Carlos Watkins, um, who's you know a rotational player at best right now. He hasn't hasn't been a star or anything, but you know still a good piece. Um, and then you know we last year we traded a third round pick for Duke Johnson who I think is is an awesome running back and I'm super extremely happy that he's on the team. I'm super pumped for him this year. You know, so the dealings between the two clubs have been have been I think great for both parties, you know. You guys are are getting some key pieces out of the mix with it as well. Um, and hopefully you feel the same way for it working out for for Cleveland. Um, but my confidence, you know, in the direction the front office go, is going there are definitely some trades and, and opportunities that are missed or not done correctly that have you questioning it. But if you take a step back and look at them in the bigger picture, I think they're doing a pretty good job overall. Um, you can kind of see where it's molding into right now. Um, you know, it, obviously, there's one particular trade that everybody questions. But, you know, if you look at it from a macro point of view, it's not the end of the world. Well... Are you okay with the Hopkins trade? Do you think DW4 misses this weapon in the long term? Kind of knew you'd ask me about that, especially after the last question. Um, you know, at first, being the intense and passionate fan I am, I was furious. It's like, how can you trade away one of the greatest players the Texans have ever had on offense? You know, he'll by far be second to Andre Johnson in my book, but he's still one of the top wide receivers and was arguably the top wide receiver at the game right now. You know, and I was mad and furious, but the moves that came afterwards, you kind of start seeing the bigger picture. You know, yes, he helped Deshaun Watson a lot. He almost relied on Hopkins too much, and I think that, um, that could have hindered his growth, to be honest with you. Um, I think Kurt Warner even said it, you know, not having uh, Hopkins there is going to, you know, make Deshaun Watson take that next step. Read the defenses better instead of just waiting and focusing in on Hopkins so much. He now can read it, find the open guy. I think he's going to have a better year this year without Hopkins than he did last year with him. You know, you call me bold or not, but... I don't see him skipping a beat, and I actually see see Watson doing better. Sure, you know, every quarterback wants their star receiver, but the depth that we have at receiver now is pretty good, too. Really? Good enough to lose the best wide receiver in the league? Okay. So, talk to me about the AFC South. Do you see yourself winning out? How close will this division be in 2020? Yes, let's talk AFC South. Um, 
I do think it's going to be closer this year uh, than in previous years. Um, they pretty much media has seemed to have crowned the Colts as the AFC South winners, followed closely behind the Titans with the Texans a few steps back and the Jaguars completely out of the picture. Um, yes, I think the Colts are improved. Obviously, DeForest Buckner on the defense is going to help as well as some other pieces they've added to that. I, I do like their defense. And Philip Rivers has never had a line that can actually protect him. So I do see them as being improved, but at the same time, Philip Rivers is a gunslinger. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to throw interceptions. And, well, the Texans, I think, are 2-0, and or they've won at least the last two matches against Philip Rivers. So, you know, I'm excited, uh, I'm excited to play him, and I think the Texans are as well. So I don't see them winning it. Now, as for Tennessee, there's no way they can be as efficient as they were last year, at least to end the season. You know, the rushing that they had, it, it all worked out for them. Tannehill, Tannehill, he was unbelievably accurate. I just don't see that happening again this year. I like their receiver, uh, A.J. Brown. You know, he kid looks like he's going to be a stud, and... Even him, his stats were crazy. So I feel like they're going to come down to earth a little bit. I feel like people are going to to understand we need to stop Derrick Henry and make Tannehill beat us. And, you know, I could be completely wrong, but I do think they take a step back. I, I think they're probably about where they were last year, around 9-7. and seven. Um, But... Again, I, I don't have them winning the AFC South either. I do think Houston wins it this year. Uh, obviously, we've won the majority of the past six years. I think we've won four of them. And I think we sweep Jacksonville and at minimum split with Tennessee. We have, and, and uh, the Colts as well. You know, last year, Tennessee, we beat them the first game with all the starters. In the second game, we almost beat them with our backups in. So I do think it's feasible, and I think their defense has gotten worse. So I do see Houston Houston taking the AFC South this year and surprising a lot of people. There's just something about this team this year that's that's getting me excited more than normal. I don't know if it's more of just wanting to kind of show everybody that they're wrong for taking Houston out of the picture um, after the Hopkins trade or what it is. But the defense, the defense under new defensive coordinator Weaver is going to be electrifying. In my opinion, they are blitzing from all over and attacking from all angles. And then you throw in all the speed and pass catchers we have on the offense. You know, you have Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Kenny Stills, who are all extremely fast and good deep threats. You have Randall Cobb, who is a sure-handed, well, I mean, he's had drop issues in the past, but he is a solid um, slot receiver, the one that Houston has never had before. You throw in probably the best crop of tight ends and, you know, to rival Texans history, and two of the best pass catching backs in the league. So it's going to be a fast up pace offense. 
with a defense that can handle their own, especially if J.J. Watt stays healthy, then it's all over. Well, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. I, for one, do not trust the Colts, and I can't stand the Titans after week one last year. Logan Bryan. What do you think will be the secret for the Lombardi winner in this unprecedented season? What's the game going to feel like without fans, and how likely is this season to play out in its entirety? You know, this this is an unprecedented season, and it's something, you know, we'll be able to talk about, you know, in past tense going forward for many, many years, and hopefully it's not something lingering. But the secret this year is really going to be health and who, what team is dedicated enough that they're going to be smart. They're not going to go out and party, you know, week 15 because, hey, it's been a long season already. You know, they're going to be dedicated. They're going to stay smart. Just stay with your teammates, hang out with them, and not contract a virus to where you're sitting out a couple weeks. You know, health, you know, it, it's kind of cliche, but health is always the key. You know, if people don't get hurt or don't get sick in this case, you have a lot better chance to, you know, win it all. And and that's that's how I see it happening. You know, teams that can keep their core connected together, they're going to have the best chance up and down the board. I don't think it matters what team it is. You know, football without fans is it's definitely going to be a change. Um, the Texans had a scrimmage last night, and you could see some clips of it and them warming up, uh, but nobody's in the stands, and it's it's just weird. It's a weird feeling. Um, the sound, it's just, you rely heavily on home field advantage a lot of the times. Getting your crowd into it, them getting pumped up, really pumps you up and gets the emotions into you. And, you know, Houston's going to do the whole cardboard cutout thing like some of the MLB is doing. And, you know, they'll have the bottom part of the uh, stands filled with cardboard. But, you know, without that, that cheering and that energy, it's, it's going to be something different. It's going to be a little eerie, in my opinion. Um, the NFL has talked about possibly pumping in crowd noise. I think they said like 70 to 80 uh, decibels. But, you know, it's constant throughout the whole game. So it's not like it's higher when your defense is on the field and lower for your offense. It's it's constant. So it's almost a disadvantage for your offense. Um, unless, of course, you're like the uh, the Chargers, in which case it probably helps you because you're used to the loud noise and quiet when you're on defense. So <laughs> sorry, uh, L.A. fans, but had to throw that jab out there. <laughs> so for... The season playing out in its entirety, I was a little skeptical coming into the offseason. I thought, eh, it's probably going to get shortened to 12 games or so. A couple games are going to gonna get booted. Um, but with the success that it seems that we're having, you know, over 60,000 tests or however many they've done so far, and there's only like six people that have tested positive. And I'm pretty sure it's all staff members. So it's a real good sign right now that that we can get through the season in its entirety. Like I said before, you know, being smart, not being boneheaded, going out to a party, trying to sneak a girl into the bubble, quote unquote, like the um, defensive back for Seattle tried to do, former 
Seattle defensive back, I should say. They cut him for that. Um, but yeah, I do see, I do see us playing out the full season in playoffs. They have had some talks about having like a playoff bubble. I'm not entirely sure how that would work, but you know, it's it's something to uh, to look forward to possibly. They're doing everything they can uh, as the NFL to to make sure we play. You know, they they don't want to lose out on that money more than they already have to. So they're gonna find a way. That's part of the reason I think we'll we'll play all the games. Once again, we're joined by Branson Thomas of the Back Row Texans podcast. Branson can be found at Back Row Texans on Twitter and Instagram. Branson, thank you for joining us here on Dogs by Nature Radio. Do you have any parting thoughts for us? You know, thank you for having me on the show. Um, it's been a real pleasure. You know, I've enjoyed, you know, talking with you about these things. And, you know, maybe we can get together before our matchup and, and talk some more, get a little preview of what's to come in the game as well. I think it'd be fun. Uh, but like I said earlier, come check out my podcast, The Back Row Texan Show. I'm on every which place you want to listen to a podcast on you know apple spotify stitcher you name it i'm on it uh come chat with me twitter instagram you know at back row texans um and if you want to shoot me an email if you want to be more private about it i got an email too it's backrowtexans at gmail.com hit me up let's have some fun talking and like i said thanks again for having me on the show best of luck to your team this year and you as well stay safe wow Well done, Branson. I look forward to speaking with you before our Week 10 matchup here in Cleveland. Well, with that, we're going to put this episode in the books. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule to make Dogs by Nature Radio a part of your day. Well, that was your dose of the straight truth. You've been listening to Straight No Chaser. I'm your host, Thelonious7, on Dogs by Nature. Take care and go Browns.